Hello, brethren. Brother Bob here again. This is part two of my four-part podcast on the hidden in plain sight kingdom teachings that are found in the scriptures. Now, again, it's going to take a few more podcasts to put this kingdom message completely together, so please be patient. That's because there are biblical doctrines that need to be explained and qualified before I bring on the, the hidden kingdom doctrines scattered throughout the scriptures. If you're truly interested in learning some of the deeper truths of God's written word, the kingdom teaching is a wonderful doctrine to grasp and understand. Now, please, 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 please turn off your emotional button before you listen to what I have to say. It's not in our nature to easily accept correction. It's not in our nature to admit we were wrong about something. So, if you have your emotion button pushed on, you're never going to accept the teaching that I'm trying to get across. Brethren, the biblical teachings about God's future kingdoms are right there in front of you, hidden in plain sight. So if you want to learn the kingdom teachings in the Bible, you're going to have to spend some quality time with the Holy Spirit, as well as putting on your spiritual thinking cap. Now again, I share this quite often in my podcast, but I want to just reiterate it. When I use the words capital B, believer, or capital F, follower, or capital C, Christian, or title of God, or or capital B, Brethren, I'm using them as titles, nouns. Nouns are person, places, or things, or ideas, and not as verbs, which are action words. So a believer, capital B, is somebody who at some point in their life believed in the gospel. Okay, so I'm using these as nouns, uh, not as verbs. So in all my podcasts, when I refer to someone as a capital B believer, or as a capital C Christian, or as a capital C, child of God, etc., etc., I'm simply using these nouns as titles that identifies the person who believes in the gospel of Christ. Brethren, please listen to me carefully. The Lord doesn't give a rip what you think his truth should be. And the Lord doesn't give a rip about how sincere you are about your biblical beliefs if they don't line up with his written word. If what I say offends you, then you might as well not even listen to what I say on any of these podcasts. Our Heavenly Father is the God of truth and not the God of good intentions. Remember the old adage, the road to hell is lined with people with good intentions. Well, that adage is biblical. Any spiritual sincerity that is not coupled with biblical truth is, not could be or should be or might be, but is simply religious gibberish in the eyes of the God of truth. So again, brethren, you're going to have to use some rational thought processing, i.e. use your God-created intellect, to figure out some of this kingdom stuff. It's like with a lot of things in the Bible. Spiritual discernment is important to put together the different pieces of the puzzle of God's teachings. The Bible says God's word is like a treasure. It's like a hidden treasure. you gotta, you got to get the different pieces and bring them all together. It's hidden. God hid his word on purpose. He expects us to be in that word, studying it and learning it. So again, now, not to get off subject, but the good Lord always expects his children to use their spiritual brains as they study the scriptures. Our Heavenly Father absolutely does not expect his children to check their brains at the door whenever they open up their Bibles, hoping that the Holy Spirit is going to teach them everything they need to know. In fact, that idea is not only stupid, it's asinine. Our Heavenly Father doesn't expect his children to check their brains at the door anytime, especially when they're studying God's Word. Now, I know this offends a lot of believers too bad. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't teach grammar or history or mathematics. So there's a lot of things you're going to learn outside of the scriptures that are going to help you get a stronger understanding of God's truths. Okay, but 
you got to use your brain cells. You can't just let them rot. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8 through 10. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live like people of the light. Are you getting that? Now live like people. What he's saying is just because you have the title, children of the light, it's a title. It doesn't mean you're walking like children of the light. Verb. So the Apostle Paul here says start living, behaving, acting like people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and true, Paul says. Verse 10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And how do we do that, brethren? We use our brains, okay? Christ told some people that he was teaching. He said, go out and learn what I just shared with you. Go learn. That concept is almost non-existent in most churches today. Christ quite often hid the obvious truth that he was trying to get across when he spoke to his followers because he wanted them to figure out what he was trying to get across. He wanted them to figure it on their own. Instead of always spoon-feeding them, he wanted them to figure out what I'm trying to teach you. And here's another thing. You need to turn off your pride button and instead put on a teachable spirit. I say that because 50% of believers believe what they believe to be biblical truth based on their feelings. And another 40% believe what they believe because it seems right to them even though what they believe is not biblical. Don't blow off what I share with you simply because you don't like what I'm saying. Seeing and understand God's kingdom teachings will make it much easier to understand how the judgment seat of Christ works for or against born-again believers. Here's another thing. Brethren, you need to get it into your spiritually thick skulls that the Bible clearly shows that there has always been sin consequences for God's children. And as I will show you shortly, there can even be sin consequences for sins a believer has repented of. I know you've never heard that before, have you? Brethren, as far as I can tell, the, the Bible shows that the only sins that blood-bought, born-again children of God need never worry about suffering the consequences of are the hell-death sins that Christ completely and unconditionally paid for at Calvary. Are you understanding what I just said? Brethren, Christ did all the necessary hard work that was needed to be done in order for salvation to be offered as a free gift. Now the Lord expects us to do something. Now that we're his children, he expects us to be doing things that please him. God's people need to get the foolish idea out of their minds that just because they got born again sometime in the past, they need never have to worry about eternal consequences for how they live their earthly lives. Stop thinking that way. Brethren, as far as the judgment seat of Christ goes, the good Lord doesn't just judge his children by if they repented or not. He also judges us by how faithful or unfaithful we were to his teachings and commandments for the church. Brethren, we need to quit using the blood of Christ as a scapegoat for not obeying God's written word. Judgment seat of Christ, born again, blood-bought children of God, are going to be judged for both the good and bad things we've done. The judgment seat of Christ is not a judgment to determine if we are born again or not. It's a judgment to determine how faithful we live our earthly lives as born-again children of God. And that faithfulness has to be tied in with the Scriptures. The good Lord is not going to find us faithful if we're doing what seems right in our own eyes. So again, the judgment seat of Christ is a judgment to determine how faithful we live our earthly lives as born-again children of God. Brethren, that's what the kingdom consequence teaching in the Bible is all about. The more faithful God finds us at the judgment seat, the more eternal rewards and blessings we're going to receive. The judgment seat of Christ is not about judging, i.e. determining, if a believer is more or better born again than another believer. Everybody listen to me. 
at the Judgment Seat of Christ, every single church thing or God thing or Bible teaching thing or missionary thing or shepherding thing, etc., etc., that believers do must line up with God's written word or it's going to be burned up at the Judgment Seat. God is only going to honor those children of his who did as he said and not as they wanted. Brethren, if you can spiritually discern that when the scriptures teach that it's possible for a born-again, blood-bought believer to not inherit the eternal blessings of God's kingdom, if you can discern that those Bible verses are not teaching that a born-again child of God is forfeiting or losing their eternal salvation, but rather they'll be losing or forfeiting future kingdom rewards or honors, you are close to understanding God's kingdom teachings for his children. Again, all future millennial and new earth kingdom rewards, honors, special responsibilities are earned, not inherited. We don't get all these special kingdom rewards and blessings just because we're born again. You got to get that to stink into your skulls. Those verses about carnal believers not inheriting the kingdom of God are simply showing that even though a blood-bought, eternally saved from hell, believer is a child of God, simply being and not living like a child of God will have serious consequences in the next life. I'm sure I'm coming across kind of loud about this topic, but I'm passionate about it. Getting into God's kingdom, along with receiving special kingdom rewards and kingdom privileges, are things that believers earn or merit for being found faithful and not for simply being a child of God. I'm going to share that quite often because it's important. So getting initially born again and receiving the free gift of eternal life comes through faith, i.e. belief, and not through faithfulness. While getting into God's future millennial kingdom, especially the rewards and special honors and blessings in that kingdom, is entirely based on faithfulness. Being found to be born again at the judgment seat of Christ is not the same thing as being found born again and faithful. Now, in part one of the Kingdom Doctrine podcast, I dove pretty deep into explaining how we receive the free gift of salvation, because understanding that helps us in explaining the kingdom teaching. So just how do the two topics, not inheriting the kingdom and getting the free gift of eternal life through faith, fit together? Good question. Well, here's a simplified answer to that question. I believe that so long as a believer does not reject or renounce their faith in the gospel of Christ, which can happen, they are eternally saved from hell. And yet, the Bible clearly shows that these same eternally saved from hell believers can still face serious earthly or eternal judgment, i.e. kingdom consequences, for their sins. So how can a believer's sins be both eternally forgiven and not forgiven at the same time? Almost seems oxymoronic, doesn't it? And yet those two scenarios play out time after time in the Bible. I personally believe that the scriptures are talking about two stages or levels of sin forgiveness. Again, I'll expound on this a little bit later on when I share the story of David. The Bible tells us that not only did Yeshua Christ suffer and physically die for our sins, the Bible tells us that his spirit and soul went to hell for three days and three nights. The Bible says that to pay off or pay for the hell debt that we all owe a holy and just God. Now, even though I do believe that Christ's physical death at Calvary did pay for all of mankind's sins, but we also know that just because Christ paid for everybody's sins, it doesn't mean everybody is forgiven. Again, it sounds oxymoronic. He paid for everybody's sins, but not everybody's sins are forgiven. Well, that's because there's a catch. You have to believe it. Even in our jail system, a prisoner who receives a pardon isn't pardoned unless he receives or accepts that pardon. He can reject the pardon. And even though the pardon is there and it's 
freely given to him, you can choose to reject it. That's the same thing that happens with a lot of people on our planet. Christ died from all, but they refuse to accept the pardon for their sins. Again, just a little side note, it just always amazes me, but the Bible tells us that the father was pleased to see his son go through all that pain and suffering because it allowed sinners headed to hell a way out of hell. Just try wrapping your head around that thought. It pleased the father to see his only son suffer and die for sinners. Wow, what love he must have had for mankind. The word of God was willing to leave his heavenly realm and come down to planet earth and become a human God sacrifice for our sins. And he did that because he first loved us. Isn't that amazing? Yes, the great I am did all of that for sinners. And the only requirement in order to benefit from what his son did at Calvary was to believe it. You have to believe it. Just believe it. Just think about it. All you need to do to be saved from the eternal hell penalties of your sins is to believe that Yeshua Christ paid for them with his blood. Wow. Seems easy. It is. It's a free gift. It's so easy, it's free. You know, when a prisoner gets a pardon, it doesn't come with any stipulations. It says, well, we're going to give you a pardon here, Joe, but if you commit a crime down later on in life, we're going to take away your pardon. It doesn't work that way. See, once you get the pardon, the pardon's for life. It's the same with the hell sins that we owe God. Once you accept Christ as your Savior, you're pardoned from going to hell for the rest of your life. Again, the only time I can see when a born-again believer can end up in hell is if they reject or walk away from the faith they once believed in. Why would somebody do that? <laughs> That's amazing, but you know, there's all kinds of reasons for people to give up their faith for the world, whatever it is, money, wealth, power, prestige. We kind of see a lot of that going on. When I'm talking about a believer denying their faith or walking away from their faith, I'm not talking about a believer who stumbles or gets caught up in sin or loves the world. As long as a born-again believer does not reject or renounce their faith, they never need to worry about going to hell. Okay, now when I talk about a when I say a believer renouncing their faith, that means to say, I no longer believe that Christ paid for my sins. If you do that as a born again person and walk away from the faith, God does not owe you a single thing. Good Lord will never take the gift back. He'll never force the gift out of somebody's hand. But we most definitely can give the gift back to the Lord. Brethren, as I shared in part one, eternal salvation cannot be both free, as the Bible says, and also not free as some profess. It doesn't It doesn't get any easier to be saved from hell than to freely be saved through the free gift of eternal life. People needed to believe, i.e. have faith, that Yeshua Christ died to save them from their sins, and if they truly believe that, you know, they never have to worry about going to hell. And for a believer of Yeshua, not going to hell is a good thing, but it's just a, a, it's a small part of the package of what God expects of us once we get, once we get born again. When a born-again believer trusts Christ as their Savior, they're eternally saved from the consequences of hell. But that does not mean that they're not, that they're not going to be punished or disciplined for the earthly sins they commit as a child of God. I'm going to give you examples of that. It's important to understand that. I use Ananias and Sapphira a lot for this example because they were born-again children of God, but they still suffered consequences of sin. I'm going to get to a little bit more detail here about King David but King David was a repented man. He was a man after God's own heart. He repented of his sin of adultery and murder, and yet King David suffered miserably because of that sin. See, the Lord determines that. Now, when David stepped to e into eternity, he didn't go to hell, but his life was a life of misery because of the sin consequences of his sins. Even though, they were, even though he repented of them, God still punished him for those sins. 
So it's important to understand that believing the gospel of Christ does not automatically save a believer from being physically punished for sin in this life or the next life. That's what the kingdom teachings are about. And why do I believe that? Because the Bible teaches, Romans 6.23, one of the most misused verses in the scriptures written to believers, says the wages of sin is death. Now the death might be separation from God, and I'll get into that later on because Christ taught that there's going to be some believers who are going to be separated from God in eternity. They're not in hell, but they're not in the kingdom. They're in a place that Christ called the outer darkness. Now, I didn't name the place. Christ named it. Okay, so you need to, if you have a problem with what I'm sharing, you take it up with the Lord, not with me. Now, I do believe when the scriptures teach that the wages of sin is death or separation from God or physical death like Ananias and Sapphira, I believe it's important to understand that the sin which leads to death is unrepentant. That means not confessed, not washed away sin. And because of the next verse, I believe the death consequences of unrepentant sin can be both a physical death consequence and or a spiritual death, separation from death consequence. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 through 30. Corinthian believers, they were wallowing in their sin. So the Apostle Paul wrote, Any believer who eats his bread or drinks his cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Sinning? Well, wait a minute. I thought our sins were all paid for. Not as far as our earthly walk, our spiritual walk with the Lord. We're still, we're still held accountable for those. Verse 28. This is why you believers should examine yourselves before eating the bread and drinking the cup. Verse 29. For if you believers eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. Verse 30. Now pay attention. This is why many of you Corinthian believers are weak and sick and some of you are even dead. There were sin consequences for these born-again believers, earthly consequences, because how they were living their sinful lives as born-again Christians. Now, none of these believers died and went to hell. Okay, but when they got to the other side, the judgment, however the Lord determines it, they're gonna, he's going to say, hey, you Corinthian believers, you were not faithful. You, you were living uh, in, in a sin of drunkenness and gluttony during the communion time. And at the judgment, he says, well, because you did that, you're going to lose privileges or honors in the kingdom. Whatever it is, the Lord's going to determine it's going to be fair. It'll be just. But there were earthly consequences for these, the sins of these born-again believers. I bring it up because I want you to see, even though the sins were forgiven as far as hell was concerned, they were not forgiven as far as consequences. You understand it? Hope that's not too confusing. Brethren, there's a reason the scriptures caution God's people to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. I guess simplified, it's just important to understand that simply being a born-again, blood-bought child of God doesn't eliminate you from suffering the consequences of your sinful behavior while alive on planet Earth. And some of those consequences are kingdom consequences. So that means in the millennial kingdom, you're going to lose rewards or blessings or honors because at the judgment seat, for whatever reason, and for whatever kind of behavior or what kind of works you were doing, the Lord's going to find you unfaithful, and then you're going to pay the price for being unfaithful. You're still going to suffer some serious consequences in the kingdom. In fact, even Christ said there's going to be some believers, just listen to me carefully, brethren, there's going to be some believers in eternity who are going to be in a place outside the kingdom. They're not in hell where they're going to be spending their eternity in weeping and sorrow and regret because they died wasting their Christian life, living for themselves, living for the world, living for the ways and the loves and the pleasures of life. 
And then they get to the other side, and when they get judged and they're judged unfaithful, they're not judged unsaved or unborn again. They're judged unfaithful, and the consequences for that are going to be kicked out of the kingdom. Scary stuff, but it's what the Bible teaches over and over again. Even in the Old Testament, there's examples of God's people being put outside the camp. That means they were kicked out of the area where most of the believers lived, where they got their food, water, uh, fellowship, uh, where they uh, worshiped the Lord. They're going to be kicked outside the camp. That's a type of being kicked out of the kingdom. The Lord's concerned about unholy people being in his presence, even in the kingdom. Now, a person is not unholy because they were never born again. They're unholy because they were children of God, but they were living immoral or unfaithful lives. They're considered unholy. So that believer who wallows in their sin, even though they're a child of God, is still unholy in God's eyes. It's important that you understand what Christ paid for was our hell debt, our hell debt that we owed a holy and just God. We should have went to hell to pay for our sins. Christ paid off that debt. So when we get born again, that hell debt that we owed God is eternally forgiven. A born-again believer, unless he walks away from the faith, never need fear going to hell. Paid for, done, over with, forgiven. But it's not the same thing as our walk with Christ. There's a lot of consequences for our sins if we're walking with a maybe a lukewarm heart or unrepentant heart or a casual, flippant spiritual life. As a believer, there's consequences both earthly and eternally. That's what the kingdom teachings are about. Remember what I told you about Romans 6.23, it says the wages of sin is death. Now, Ananias and Sapphira went through that. They died, physically died, because of their sin of lying against the Holy Spirit. Now, Ananias and Sapphira, if they were truly born again, I believe they were, they did not go to hell for doing that. But the consequences for them lying is that they died prematurely. Same thing happened to Corinthian believers. There was a bunch of Corinthians getting drunk, um, and they were gluttons at the communion table. A lot of them died. They were sick and they died. Physically, there was consequences. Well, the Bible also teaches that there can be eternal consequences for a born-again child of God if they live a flippant, casual, lukewarm, spiritual life as a believer on planet Earth. That's what the kingdom teaching is about. The idea that the Lord's going to run up to us in eternity and put his arms around us and give us a big hug just because we were born again, is a myth. That's a lie. That's a deception. That's not what the Bible teaches. Christ was clear. If you're faithful, you're going to be rewarded and be blessed for being faithful. If you're unfaithful, again, God determines this. If you're unfaithful, the Lord says, get them out of my presence. I don't want to see them. I'm ashamed of them. They denied me. They were disobedient. They didn't do what I said. Get them away from me. I don't want to see them. I'm disappointed. I'm discouraged. And I'm very displeased with them. And the consequences for some of those believers are going to be that they're not going to be allowed to go into God's kingdom in eternity. Now, they're not going to go to hell, but they're not going to be all living, allowed to live in the kingdom. Again, none of us are going to live perfect lives down here. That's not the point. The point is, those, is that we need to be striving to be faithful. We need to be growing and maturing and getting more and more faithful. There's going to be believers who die at all different levels of faithfulness. God is fair. God is just. We will get exactly what we have coming when it comes to rewards and blessings, okay? But there's a big difference between trying to serve the Lord according to his word and just living a life of churchy things or doing what's right in our own eyes. We cannot be faithful to God unless we are faithful to his word. 
We can't make up our own stuff and think we're going to be pleasing to the Lord. It's not going to work that way. There's going to be a lot of works, church works, that are going to get burnt up because people took it upon themselves to do things their own way instead of God's way. Again, brethren, there's a reason that the Scriptures caution God's people to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. Please notice that the word love is missing from this verse. Here are some warning verses for New Testament believers. Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. For this reason, we must pay close attention to what we have heard, so that we believers do not drift away from it. How will we believers neglect if we neglect so great a salvation? So how will we escape? Well, escape what? We'll escape the consequences of not entering God's eternal rest, which is his coming kingdom. And how do believers avoid not being booted out of God's coming kingdom? By choosing to not drift away, i.e. fall away from being faithful to God's commandment for the church age. It goes on in Hebrews to say, Take care, brethren, that there not be any one of you believers with an evil, unbelieving heart, which causes you to fall away from the living God. Now, this isn't talking about falling away from your salvation. This is talking about fall away from being faithful in your walk with the Lord. It says in verse 13, But encourage one another day after day, so long as the day still remains, so that none of us will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have been become partakers of Christ if we hold fast the beginning of our assurance firm until the end. While it is said today, if we hear his voice, do not harden our hearts as when they provoked me. For who provoked him when they had heard the word? Indeed, that not all those who came out of Egypt who were being led by Moses. And with whom was God angry for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned whose bodies fell in the wilderness? That means promise that they would not enter his rest. It was those children of God who were disobedient. So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. This was a walk of unbelief. This verse is not speaking of their initial salvation belief. Brethren, a person becomes an eternally saved believer through their initial belief in the free gift gospel of Yeshua Christ. An eternally saved child of God can then become a faithful child of God as they walk in obedience to the teachings of the scriptures. And what was God's rest that these unfaithful Old Testament believers missed out on? It was God's kingdom rest in the promised land. Now, all of those Old Testament believers who died because of sin did not go to hell because they did not get initially or eternally saved through what they did or what they believed or being faithful. Remember, they got initially saved through faith. It was a free gift. You got to understand this. You got to get a hold of this. A believer's initial eternal salvation is a free gift that comes through simple faith, not through faith plus promising to be faithful. However, once a person becomes an eternally saved child of God, the Lord now expects his new child of a faith to begin to walk, i.e., behave in a manner that's pleasing to him. Now, we don't do that to stay eternally saved. We should want to do that, considering what God did to save our sorry butts from hell. But we should also want to do those things which please our Father because he asked us to do them. Now again, our Heavenly Father doesn't ask us to do these things in order to stay saved, i.e. stay his child. However, if we do choose to obey those biblical commandments and teachings that he has handed down to us in the church, he promises to reward us if he finds us faithful in the next life. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 
5.10. For all believers must stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil that we have done in this earthly body. There are numerous verses in the Old Testament that allude to believers being booted out of the holy camp of the Israelites. That would have been like a earthly kingdom. The Israelites lived in the presence of God in a in a supernatural realm. The Lord followed them as a cloud in the daytime and a fire at night. Well, there was a there was an area there where God considered holy. It was like an earthly kingdom. Well, people got kicked out of that in the Old Testament for numerous reasons. Um, sometimes it was just because the Lord said, you know what, if you need to relieve yourself, go outside the camp. Don't do that in the camp because the camp is holy. we got to keep the camp holy. There's examples of people being kicked out or booted out of the camp in the Old Testament nation of Israel because of their unfaithfulness, because of sin. So that Old Testament earthly Israelite kingdom was a type of kingdom of God. Now I'm going to give you a little glimpse of the new heaven and new earth kingdom in the future. Again, it's a, it's a kingdom of God. It's a type of kingdom. It's going to come down. It's going to actually going to be the final kingdom. I'm going to share this a couple of times. You need to understand that when the new heaven and new earth kingdom with the new Jerusalem is established, the only people living on planet earth are going to be believers. Everybody from Adam and Eve to whatever the last person born who became, who got born again or became a believer or got eternally saved, who never denied the Lord or walked away from their faith, are going to be on this new heaven and new earth. The only people on the planet are, are believers and now they're going to have their glorified bodies. But we're going to see that even though there's believers on the planet with glorified bodies, there is still kingdom consequences for some of those believers because of how they lived their life when they were still alive on planet Earth in their cursed and cursed bodies. In the Gospels, when Christ mentions, he says, Any believers who are ashamed of me or my words, I'm going to be ashamed of you in the presence of my Father. He's talking about in eternity. He's talking about at, in the next life, Believers, there's going to be believers that Christ is going to be ashamed of. He's going to tell them out of here, out of the kingdom. Now, he's not going to be ashamed of them for two weeks or three weeks or four years. This is going to be a life that Christ is ashamed of them for their entire eternity. This is why it's important. He says, if you deny me, believers, if you deny me, I'm going to deny you in the presence of my Father. So it's going to be like, yeah, they're believers, yeah, and they put their faith in me and trusted me as their Savior. But you know what? They weren't living for me at all. And I don't really think we should honor them, Father. So they're out of the kingdom. They're going to be living on the outside of the kingdom. That's forever. That's just not for 20 or 30 weeks or 52 weeks. Forevermore. In fact, we're going to see, eventually, Lord willing, that goes on in the millennial kingdom. And it also goes on the consequences of that earthly life that was unfaithful in God's eyes. The consequences carry over from millennium kingdom to the new heaven and earth kingdom. And I'm just going to be a little glimmer of that right now as I talk about the new city on the new heaven and new earth. Now pay attention, listen carefully. It's going to take a little bit of spiritual discernment to see what I'm sharing. But again, I want to remind you, the only people living on the new heavens and new earth are true, blood-bought, eternally saved children of God. And I know that because a great white throat judgment happens just before this. And everybody who's unbeliever, everybody who never got born again or never got saved, never trusted Christ as their Savior, or even those believers who walked away from their faith at the great white throat judgment, all these people are going to be judged guilty of sin because they rejected God as their Savior and they're going to spend eternity in the lake of fire. 
So all the unbelievers, everybody who's lost, unsaved, or who walked away from their faith, they're gone. They're in the lake of fire forevermore. And then the Lord sets up his new heaven and new earth with the new Jerusalem, only glorified believers on this planet. Now, again, it's important to understand this. Just because people got glorified bodies, it doesn't mean that there's not consequences for the life they lived in their earthly bodies. We're going to see that over and over again. It's in the scriptures. Now, again, it's important to understand. I'm not going to get into the details now. Later on, I will. But on this new heaven and new earth, new Jerusalem, both Old Testament, New Testament believers, every anybody who is truly, I would I'm going to use the term born again, or who truly put their faith that God was going to redeem them from their sins, is going to be on this planet. Um, the Bible teaches that the Old Testament believers are going to be living on the planet, and the church-age believers and the tribulation believers are going to be living in the New Jerusalem. The faithful ones, the faithful believers from the church-age, not all believers. This is why Christ talked about a place outside the city. This is why the, the book of Revelation talks about believers who God deemed unfaithful are going to be on the new planet, but they're going to be outside the city. They can't go in the city. It's going to be the consequence of being judged unfaithful at the judgment seat of Christ. you got to understand this, saints. you got to get this down pat. That's why you need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And again, we're not looking at perfection. God's not looking for perfection from us. He's looking for faithfulness from us. That means when we stumble and bumble and get caught up in sin, we get up, repent, and we deal with it, keep moving forward. We keep growing, we keep maturing, we don't grow weary of doing good. We don't let the world and the ways of the world and friends distract us. We don't have a more of a love for money and for job and for family and cars and boats and houses and all the stuff than we do for the things of the Lord. We have to have our focus on eternal things. And as we continue to grow and mature in the faith, we continue to deal with our sins. But the idea here is an attitude. Our goal and desire is to step into eternity hoping that we were walking as pleasing children. Not perfect children, but sin-confessed, repentant, blood-washed children who were trying to do what the Bible says. There's a lot of believers who are going to step into eternity, and they were doing church stuff. They were doing stuff they made up on their own. Okay? You can't be judged faithful by God if you weren't faithful to his word. you got to understand that. you got to be doing what the book says. We can't be doing what's right in our own eyes. That's not considered faithful. No matter how pious sounding it is, no matter how sincere it might be, if it's not biblical, you are not being faithful. So again, I, I hate to keep repeating it, but as I read these verses in Revelation, remember I'm talking about people who are on a new heaven and new earth with their new bodies. Okay, but you're going to see there's still consequences because of how they lived their earthly lives when they were in their sin-cursed, unredeemed, unglorified bodies. So again, when I read these next verses, book of Revelation, you're going to hear the words like, No one evil or who practices idolatry or practices lying will be allowed to enter into the city. You need to understand that those verses are not speaking about evil, lost, or unsaved people because there are no evil or lost unsaved people on the planet. Again, you got to let this stuff sink into your the gray matter in your skull so you can understand this stuff. So as I read these verses, understand that the people on the new heaven and new earth who are forbidden to go into the new Jerusalem are those eternally saved children of God whom the Lord deemed unfaithful for whatever reason at the judgment seat of Christ. Again, I'm going to share that again. 
the people who are forbidden to go into the new Jerusalem on the new heaven and new earth are those eternally saved children of God whom the Lord deemed unfaithful for whatever reasons at the judgment seat of Christ. Brethren, the idea that every person who truly got saved or born again is going to get exactly the same piece of the kingdom pie in eternity is totally unbiblical. Remember, the Apostle Paul warned numerous times in the New Testament epistles, again I'm paraphrasing, he said, if any child of God lives a life of unrepentant sin, which would include but not be limited to loving the world more than the Lord and loving the world more than his word, they will not be allowed in God's kingdom in the next life. Okay? That's a warning from Paul. He shared that three times in his writings. So what the Apostle Paul is saying is, yeah, brethren, you might be saved. You might be eternally saved because of your faith in the gospel of Christ. But there's more to eternity than just being born again. The Apostle Paul told the believers that we're going to have to go through a lot of trials and testings if we want to be part of that kingdom in the next life. Nothing free about that. Nothing easy about that. Salvation, the free gift of salvation, easy. You believe Christ died for you. God knows when you truly believe that, you get the free gift of eternal life. Being part of the kingdom? It's going to take some work. It's going to take some effort. You're going to have some testing. You're going to have some trials. You're going to have people even in the church, in the, in the, in the very church that professes to be born again, rejecting you, mocking you because you're trying to be faithful and they're just loving the things of the world. They're loving, they're loving easy believism. They're just loving being like at first grade spiritual level. And so when you start trying to be faithful to God's word, you're going to find out that a lot of times your enemies are people in, the own, in your own church. Now, if you're a faithful remnant believer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you're just one of the believers who plays church, it is a snowflake believer, you're going to think, I'm mean, I'm mean-spirited, I'm, not very un I'm very unloving. Well, too bad. You know, you need to grow up and mature, get into the scriptures, look at these verses, and be concerned about what your eternal life is going to be like based on your faithfulness to God's word, or lack of faithfulness. Okay, so here we go, Revelation 21, 22 through 27. Again, only, only believers glorified bodies on this planet right now. Let me, you got to let that sink in. He said, I saw no temple in the city, no New Jerusalem he's talking about. For, the, for Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city, the New Jerusalem, has no need of sun or moon. For the glory of God illuminates the New Jerusalem. And the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light. And the kings of the world will enter into the city with all their glory. So this is about this is the Old Testament kings. Of, the Old Testament believers who were faithful, they're going to live on a planet. Part of their eternal reward was to be blessed with land and sheep and lots of stuff. So, But they're going to come into the city to worship God. So these, are, these kings and nations are nations and kings of glorified believers. This isn't unbelievers. This isn't pagan nations, okay? It says this, the gates of the city will never be closed, and at the end of the day, because there's no night there, all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Now listen, listen to me. No one will be allowed to enter who practices evil or who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those names who are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now this is going to be confusing, but... Not all believers are in the Lamb's Book of Life. Again, I don't want to get too... I'm going to expound on this later on, but the Bible actually teaches there's two types of eternal life for believers. The one eternal life that we get is the free gift of eternal life that we get through faith in the gospel. It's got nothing to do with how we live our life. It's got nothing to do with serving God. It's 100% determined by us truly believing 
that the creator of the universe became a man and died on the cross to pay for our sins. And by faith we believe that we received the free gift of eternal life. That means we'll never have to be fearful of being sent to hell. We're going to spend eternity with the Lord or in the presence of the Lord or outside of hell because we put our, we put our faith in Christ. Now there's another eternal life. And I shared this last week, I hope, or last time, I hope you listen. There was a special eternal life. It's a kingdom life. It's a kingdom eternal life that God's going to give to the faithful ones. Remember, he told Peter, Peter, anybody who's a believer who's left family and farm and jobs and careers and whatever for the sake of the kingdom is going to, etern- or is going to inherit eternal life. That's a different type. That's a kingdom life. That's a better life than just getting an eternal saved life. Hope that makes sense to you. So let me give you an example of what I just said. There's a, there's quite a few places in the Bible where it clearly is it clearly implies that there's a type of kingdom eternal life that's a believer gets through being faithful. Um, now listen as you listen to what I'm going to share in this. Listen to what Christ's words are. You need to understand that Peter is already an eternally saved believer. He's already accepted God's free gift of eternal life. So the eternal life that Christ speaks of in the verses I'm going to read is an earned or merited eternal life. It's different than the free gift, i.e. unearned eternal life, that people like Peter or Paul or Andrew or Stephen got when they first got saved or born again. Now listen carefully. Matthew 19, 27 through 29. Then Peter said to Christ, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Now let me interject. Following Christ or giving up stuff to follow Christ is not what gets us born again. Okay, what gets us born again is accepting the free gift of eternal life through faith in what Christ did for us on the cross. There's no strings attached. There's no, we don't need to promise God that we're going to be faithful and serve him all the days of our life. We don't have to change our life and clean up our life before we come to the cross. It's free. You get it. It's through faith. That's just how it is. It's a free gift. That's not what Peter's talking about here. Peter says, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? Christ replied, I assure you that the, when the world is made new, that's a kingdom that's coming, and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you who have been my followers will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Now listen carefully. And every believer who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in the kingdom is what he's saying, and will inherit eternal life. Well, wait a minute. I thought eternal life was free. Well, salvation eternal life is free. But the eternal life in the kingdom is not free. Again, brethren, giving up or walking away from houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mothers or property or children for Christ's sake and receiving eternal life is not the same thing as receiving the free gift of eternal life. Okay? The free gift of eternal life and an earned or merited kingdom eternal life are two different types of eternal life. One is free, one we earn or deserve because, again, the Lord decides or deems we're faithful. Again, there's a lot of other scriptures that, that teach about this, but there's a, one that most people are aware of. Don't grow weary of doing good, brethren. If you don't grow weary of doing good, if you stay faithful until the end, you will inherit eternal life. That eternal life is not the free gift of eternal life you already have. It's the kingdom life that you're going to earn or merit or deserve because the Lord finds you faithful at the judgment seat of Christ. It's important. One eternal life is free. 
It's paid for by the blood of Christ. The other, the other eternal life is something that a believer earns or merits through their faithfulness to God's word. So when Revelation 21 says that no one evil will be allowed to enter, or no one who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty will be allowed to enter into the new Jerusalem, on the new planet, on the new heavens and earth, we're talking about believers. The evil or unholy people spoken of here are people who truly got saved or born again at some point in their earthly life, who, because of living an unrepentant, sinful life or worldly life, will not be allowed to go into God's final new heavens and earth kingdom city. Can you imagine that? They're not going to be allowed to go into New Jerusalem on the, when they're living on a new heaven and earth. In fact, the Bible teaches and later on was shown in Revelation that they're going to be outside the city. It says outside the city, outside the city are going to be these believers that the Lord deemed unfaithful at the judgment seat and their consequences are going to be outside the city. That's why Christ warned quite a few times in the Gospels about believers being outside in this place he called the outer darkness. Now, the outer darkness is in hell, but it's a place away from the presence and the joy and the fellowship of the Lord in eternity. Scary stuff, but we've got to think about this. That's why the Bible warns, don't harden your heart. Don't fall away from the faith. Stay faithful to the word. Stay true to God's word. Don't, don't, let, don't let people impress you or try to sway you to do stuff that's not biblical. Okay, find out what the Bible teaches, listen to the Spirit of God, and then do what it says. Because I promise you, in eternity, all that's going to matter to God is if you did it His way. Not our way, His way. Again, the Lord's fair, He's just. There's a lot of people in the church who sincerely believe they're following biblical things because they've been led astray by lousy shepherds or people who shouldn't be teaching the Bible. Okay, the Lord's going to be fair. But still, there's a lot of people in the church who just are ignoring God's commandments for the church. They're doing what seems right in their own eyes. They're caught up in the ways of the world and the social teachings of the world. Well, that's all going to get burnt up. And at the judgment seat, the Lord's going to say, I'm ashamed of you because you didn't do what I said. So I'm going to have to stop here. I'm running way past, way over time that I should be on. Just encourage you. I'm going to have like, I'm going to be running on and sharing this for like three or four times. So. Take notes, write stuff down, pay attention, listen. These are things that are in the Bible. These are not things that I just made up. I'm not I'm not some crazy guy who's read a book uh, by the Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons. This isn't space-age stuff. Uh, this is biblical stuff, but it takes spiritual discernment. You have to get into the Word, take the whole counsel of God's Word, put them pieces of that treasure of God's Word together, and you will see about the kingdom teaching, which is clearly hidden in the Scriptures. God bless. Stay faithful. Because the only way to separate a biblical truth from a biblical lie is to know your scriptures.